but the wisdom from God saying like, okay, if he's placed me here, he will fill in every gap that I am lacking and then some and overflowing. And he can give me wisdom that no book could give me that no, like that is straight from the source and for this scenario and this person and this child. And so um, that's been my sense of joy in this season is really finding like, God, you give wisdom Mm -hmm. when I'm speaking it. So good. Hey guys, welcome to the Real Life Podcast, where we talk about exactly that every single week, real life, which means some episodes might be about a fight we just had, some episodes might be about potty training since we have two toddlers, and some might be about eschatological realism because I love thinking and talking about deep theological things, and maybe we'll talk about all three of those in one episode. But we hope the show feels like hanging out in our living room with us, drinking a cup of coffee as we discuss faith and family and culture and Jesus. Me and my lovely wife, Alyssa, are your hosts, and don't hesitate to hit us up or reach out on social media to say hi or comment on this week's episode. Enjoy. Hey guys, welcome to the Real Life Podcast. I'm Alyssa, and today I have another really special guest. This is one of my sweetest mom friends, Emily McCormick, and um, we... I'll kind of go into explain it in a little bit, but we met through our husbands and we've just been voxing a lot lately and I'm listening to these voxes and I'm like, oh my gosh, this is so good. Either it needs to be printed out in a book or we need to have her on our podcast because it's so encouraging. And so I asked her to come on today and she said, definitely, I'm totally there and I can't wait for you guys to hear all that she says. I'm so excited to have you on today, Emily. Thank you so much. I am so excited just to see your face and just honored to be here. So honored. Thank you. Oh, we just love you guys so much. So real quick, um, Jeff and I, well, Jeff met Brian, your husband, years ago, I think. Yeah. I don't even know exactly how they met. I think it was right when we had moved back to Seattle. So probably like nine years ago. Okay. Mm -hmm. And then I remember always hearing about this Brian guy and um, Jeff, we had a book launch for him when his first book came out and you guys came and I remember meeting you then. And then um, Jeff and Brian went to seminary together for like one year, two years. Jeff kind of didn't finish yet, but um, (laughs) you have a lot going on. We have a lot going on. We moved to Maui. That's kind of why. But it was one of those programs where they went once a month um, to Portland. And so Brian and Jeff would always stay together and have mandates. Mandates. Yeah. And I was always like, really? You're eating at all these good restaurants? And I'm going to movies, sleeping in. Right. Really hard school. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And then you guys came out to visit Maui. Was it two years now? Two years ago? Yeah, about two and a half. Mm-hmm. Okay. And you only stayed with us for like 24 hours until your hotel was ready. But I feel like Emily and I just really clicked and hit it off. And even though we probably only seen each other twice, no, three times in real life, I feel like you're just one of those heart friends that I just like really love and just always can vox and like, hey, how do I do this? What, What is this? And just really encouraged and you always point me to Jesus. So I'm just so thankful for you. And mm-hmm. Emily is a mom of five. And um, what are their age ranges? Yeah, so our oldest is just turned 10 and then eight, six, three, and just turned one. Okay, so she is 
fully like home with the kids. And that's kind of why I wanted to have her on today to talk a lot about motherhood and calling and identity and what God's teaching her in this season. But real quick, can you just tell our audience um, about yourself, how, where you grew up, how you and Brian met, what you guys do? Yeah. Yeah. So I grew up in near the Seattle, uh, Washington area, grew up here. My family was just loved Jesus. So I can honestly not remember a time not knowing just the truth about who Jesus is and that alone. I, especially now being older, I'm like, what a grace in my life that is so undeserved. And I'm so thankful for, I just never know. I've never known a day that God wasn't real and his love was not just the, the true reality. I'm so thankful. Um, so grew up here and then I went to college in Seattle at Northwest. Um, against my will, but I had a moment with the Lord and I felt like he said, you need to surrender. And so I ended up staying in Seattle, which I was kind of, I'm kind of, I've got little, a little rebel at heart where I'm like, no, I want to do what everyone else isn't doing. And so I wanted to like <laughs> go to Germany or go far away, but ended up staying here, which now of course I'm so thankful. So I went to Northwest and I actually met Brian. He was a transfer student playing basketball and we met close to like the first week of school, but, um, did not start dating till about two years later. Um, and he was a business major, um, playing basketball was not thinking he was going to be a pastor or church planter. And I had said before, God, please anything but church planting. <laughs> <laughs> um, we ended up getting married. He, we actually lived in Texas for a while. So he's from Texas. And so when, when we got married, we did, um, he was a youth pastor in Texas. So jumped right into ministry, which was amazing and hard. Um, the, the South is so different there. It's amazing. And I loved it. And it's a, just a different culture for ministry than I had grown up in Seattle. Um, Seattle, you don't meet a lot of people that would identify as Christians. Um, the South, everyone identifies, most people do. And so it's this unique, like, oh, how do we make it a fresh and alive and new. So really sweet times. So we lived there for three years, had our first baby there. And then um, through just crazy circumstances, ended up moving back to Seattle, not knowing what we were going to do full for work really, but um, felt like the church planting thing had come up that we had seen some people do it well. And in a, in a unique way that was really reaching people and their cities and loving their families first. And it was just this unique glimpse that we got and thought, what if we could do that in Seattle? And so we moved to Seattle and we've been here for nine years and we planted a church. It was a long road to get there of just kind of running. God, anything but that is, are you sure? Are you sure? Because it's not an easy feat. And people had kind of warned us, like, I think even almost too much, but just church planting is the worst thing ever. No one's going to like you. You're, everyone's going to hate you. You're going to have no money. Your kids are going to suffer. It was just like this, like doomsday, like the end is there <laughs> for the Lord, you know? Right. <laughs> and so I was kind of like, oh, anything but that. But it was so sweet when we really felt like that was what we were supposed to do and just said, okay, God, if this is you, we are all in, like, as long as we know this is what you have for us. And so six years ago, we started Reach Church in Kirkland, Washington. And um, so that's what we do now. Uh, my role has changed a whole lot, which we can get into. But um, it's been the sweetest, most joyful, um, 
honor. I We often say, I can't believe we get to do this. This is what we do for work. I mean, I, again, right now I'm not, I'm not doing much with the, with the church in terms of like work or whatever, but it's such a joy. It's really awesome. I love that. So did you guys feel um, like, so you obviously felt called a church plant. How was it starting off and um, like, cause you guys had little ones then tell us about that season. We had little ones. So um, it was something that Honestly, when I met Brian, I, I had just kind of this inclination, like, God, it's this balance of um, recognizing gifts in someone and saying, like, God has, because we don't take credit for our gifts. The gifts are from God. Like, there's other things that through discipline that we work hard. And then with, like, that combination of our hard work and God walking with us, um, that we can say, wow, like, that was a lot of endurance and perseverance and hard work. And there's, there's certain things that are just this unique, like anointing gift that you're like, I take no credit. I don't know where that came from, how that's just like this wiring. And we, we all have certain things like that from God. And when I met Brian, I just was like something about the way that he teaches and leads people and, um, can be so true to the Bible, but also relevant to the culture. I was like, okay, this is going to be a crazy ride something. <laughs> and so the church planting thing, um, we had little kids. We had pretty much no money. We were living in a little tiny like basement apartment in the cheapest place we could find in Kirkland, um, two kids and pregnant with a third. And people were telling us, um, this is crazy, especially in Seattle. And a lot of people would say there's churches everywhere. Why don't, why start mm-hmm. something if right. there's a lot of churches everywhere? And mm-hmm. um it really was clinging to that of because God's given us a unique, a unique um, people to reach, I think, is kind of how we felt. And we partnered with other churches and we we just prayed a lot and said, God, it was really neat because the season before we kind of felt like was not a failure season in like morality or um, like sin failure. But um, Brian felt like in the past workplace he was in, he kind of had this moment with the Lord of like, if the worst case scenario is, as I fail, you're enough. And if that can carry me through, through the next really life, all of our life, um, we kind of felt bulletproof. And so we had this conversation of, okay, what's the worst case scenario that happens? We follow Jesus, we do our best and it fails. I mean, and if we trust that he's enough, we have nothing to lose. And so it was this like, we needed to kind of go through a little bit of that desert season in a sense before of like, maybe it looks a little bit like we failed. We ended up resigning from the job we were at before because it just was not a healthy thing for us. And it felt a little bit like, man, I know Brian felt a little like, I wish I could have done better. I wish I could have done what they were asking. I wish I could have kind of pushed myself more, but it just was not a good fit. And it was really sweet to see, okay, God, worst case scenario is we fail and we've got nothing to lose if we've got you. So we went into it feeling bulletproof a little bit. Mm-hmm. How did you guys, um, like, was that, did that draw you guys closer together as a married couple or was it, were you struggling inside of like, wow, I need to follow him and this is what God's calling us to? Or were you like, okay, yeah, let's, like, were you cheering him on or was it like, okay, Lord, I'm totally uncomfortable and this is out of my comfort zone, but we're going for it? Yeah, both. Um, my my struggle has always been fear of man and just think what other people think. It's something that I consistently 
have to surrender. And that is always kind of on the forefront of my prayers of like, God, I know I need to care about what you think alone. And yet it's such a temptation. And so in that season, when family or friends or whoever is wondering, what are you guys doing? And when we didn't know what we were doing, we had about a six month period without a job. Um, Brian was kind of doing things here and there. And again, we've got kids and pregnant and um, can look kind of foolish, honestly, foolish to the outsider and can feel foolish of like, what are we doing? Is this smart? And um, I remember it was such a foundational thing for us because I remember thinking, um, I have an opportunity right now to either build a confidence in my husband of saying, hey, I'm with you. I will follow your lead. Um, or I can make him insecure and make him just, what are you doing? Where are we going? You're not leaving. I, I can't trust you. What it, like just that I had, um, that it was kind of in my hands a little bit of what, how I could build him up or tear him down. And I remember saying to him something along the lines of, um, babe, I will follow you. You just, all I need to know is that you're seeking the Lord and you're seeking the Holy Spirit. And then I, I will go. And it was one of those, like, I think kind of like the rise up for him of like, absolutely. Like, and just built a confidence of like, she is with me. And it was so unifying for us. And I just had to surrender that of, again, I think I can tend to maybe be a nag or try to be the Holy Spirit (laughs) (laughs) and just letting that go of like, no God. And so just choosing to pray for him and choosing to believe that God, you're going to speak to him in due time. And I'd so rather the Holy Spirit speak to him than my nagging voice be the one to, <laughs> right. you know, mm-hmm. steer him. Um, so it brought us, it definitely brought us closer. It was not always easy, but it was really, really sweet for us. Yeah. <clears throat> well, and I just love that so much. And I think um, I've even seen this in the last year with Jeff and I, that when I, build him up and tell him like, I trust you in this situation. I'm going to do whatever, like I'm following you and whatever you do, I'm there for. And I'm praying for you and like talking about it, but like, I trust totally. your decision here. I feel like it, um, cause I think sometimes as women, we can fear that like, Oh, well then what is he going to actually decide? You know? And I think yeah. that when we actually do that, it builds them up to, seek the Lord more because they feel like, okay, this is on my shoulders. And, um, and I think as women, like when our husbands are seeking the Lord, that is, that brings the most security because we're like, Lord, we know that you're leading them and we can fully trust you in this situation. Um, and I mean, we need to follow. Yeah. That can be a whole nother discussion, but I think when we do, um, build them up and say that it really builds their confidence and makes them a stronger leader. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And you feel like you're partnering with the Holy Spirit, not trying to manipulate yes. is how it feels mm-hmm. different because mm-hmm. it can feel, yeah, it's just so much more freeing when you're like, we're both seeking the same Lord and the same Holy Spirit. And there's nothing more than that he wants than to guide our spouse and us as a team and in unity. And so it's just, it's so freeing when we can kind of let that go and, mm-hmm. and trust him with that. Yeah, that's so good. Okay, so I've kind of always wanted to ask this with any um, couple that pastor a church. What is it like to be a pastor's wife? I know that's like oh. a really big bomb. <laughs> Whew. That is a great question. Man, I would probably have different answers in each season. 
Um, so I'm going to give you the current snapshot um, as honest as I can, because I really do value the, the transparency of it. Um, before, I would have said it's not isolating. It's not lonely. It's not, um, there's no expectations. I felt I felt pretty free and confident. Um, I didn't feel like I had to be like the stereotype of what other people wanted. I didn't feel that. But here's the thing. It's because I was. <laughs> I'm realizing. I'm like, but I was fulfilling the roles that I thought should be fulfilled and that I thought other people wanted. I was leading worship. So when we started the church, um, I'm music is like one of my first loves and leading worship is one of my favorite things in the whole world. And so I was able to sing and lead worship and um, got to preach with Brian, was leading the women's ministry. So all because those are the things that I love. And so in that, in those seasons, I felt it, it was just all sweetness. I loved it. And I knew people and people knew me. Um, in this current season, I, I find, I have found um, that as the church has grown and conflict has come more or whether there's um, things going on in the staff or um, moral issues with people from the church that Brian is hearing the weight of that. And then often he doesn't always tell me everything because there's sometimes he's like, I'm protecting you for, you know, I know the wife or I know the kids or he know just, there's so many dynamics to that. Um, but it can be really isolating. I have found in this right now, um, it's this weird thing of like, no one can fully relate. And I don't say that in like, cause we're higher or we're better. It's just different. Right. Like, um, and I, and that is hard. That's hard sometimes to, to explain, um, the weightiness of it, because at the end of the day, it's all people, it's all their hearts. It's all, um, it's everything is relational 100%. And when I, I felt the isolation too, because, you know, because of the people pleaser in me, there's times I want to ask my friends on staff, the wives or whoever, or the women on staff, like, how's your job? But then I'm like, well, if they're not happy right now, or if they're frustrated with something, they're not going to tell me. And so there's this right. instant isolation and some things they shouldn't tell me if they're frustrated with finances or they're frustrated with whatever it is. And so there's been, there's been more moments where I've realized, man, it's, it can be isolating. Um, I have found how crucial speaking of Vox and Voxer, <laughs> right. how crucial relationships outside have been to me, you being one of them, being able to fully have zero like, oh, but then my husband's your pastor or your boss or your, you know, accountability, like just complete disconnect. Um, so fortunately and unfortunately, I have really sweet friendships that live far um, that have been a lifeline for me of just being able to like fully let it out. Um, that's been such a gift. Um, there's another dynamic of a pastor's wife. Um, if, if any of the pastor's wives have kids, which for me has been, um, I've, we've added kids through the journey. So now we have five. Um, that's a whole other dynamic of just showing up on a Sunday and people, um, for better or for worse, know who I am just because of Brian and um, 
which therefore they know who our kids are, which is so sweet. And most of the time is such a gift. And when you have children who maybe have um, some social anxiety or some sensory issues, they don't love when everyone swarms and is rubbing their head and in their face and trying to give them hugs. So there was a season where it was really difficult for me to show up because I would have one kid really emotional and, and would yell at people because it was super overwhelming for him to be smothered like that. And then I'm sitting there, my fear of man of like, what are they thinking? Do they think I have a kid who's just screaming at them and not polite? I'm trying to be like engaging. Hello. Hi. Mm -hmm. You know, Mm -hmm. be. And then I really value authenticity. And so I felt this, like, I want them to know like right now that I'm crumbling inside because this is hard, but I can't in two seconds do that with someone like on a sun. So, and then by the time I'd make it through and see Brian, I just be like, I hate everything about this. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> As he's about to go on the stage and mm-hmm. he's like, okay. Right. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that, that's a whole other. And then the other day for the first time, my oldest, we were walking in and he, he's, he just turned 10, but he's like, mom, why does everyone know us? Like it hit him for the first mm-hmm. time. Like, why, why does everyone know my name? Cause mm-hmm. we don't talk about it. Like, well, cause your dad, the, you know, right. The big guy, whatever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so just and he's literally learning. big because he's like six. What is he? Six seven? Yeah, literally the big guy. <laughs> six nine. Six nine. Yeah. They asked if he was the tallest man in the world the other day. <laughs> I like this is totally. I know. I forget how tall he is until I see a picture with you next to him. I'm like, oh yeah, he's so tall. And I'm tall. Yes. <laughs> I know. It's totally. And then you see him in person. You're like, oh my right. gosh. That one picture you should show when we're all in the water and he just looks like he's this mammoth hovering over us. <laughs> well, especially Maui. I feel like most people here are relatively medium size and so to have a tall yeah. man in Maui you're like wow this is just so unique yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah so just it's an interesting adding the kids in and I really want to be sensitive to them that they don't have the stigma of the PK the pastor's kid that have to have it all together that need to be put together that need to smile and nod at everyone on you know just that they have the freedom the way I want to honestly I want to have the freedom to show up looking like I got hit by a train and like I made it and I need worship and Jesus and we're here. And so, yeah, we're in the season of like hot mess right now for pastors. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So this is, um, I don't know if you could answer this, but as someone maybe in your church or as a friend for people that aren't pastors, wives, how can we be encouraging to, our pastor's lives. Like what is the thing that you're like, Oh, thank you for seeing me in this. Or thank you for being a really good friend in this way. Yeah, that's a good question. You said it exactly what I would have answered. You said, thank you. Or how can we see you? Thank you for seeing me. I think, um, Oh, it makes me like emotional. There's nothing right. Like our deepest desire is to be truly seen and, and known. And, that source, of course, comes from the Lord. And if that source is not there, then not everything else is kind of in vain. But God uses his people to be the vessel. And there's nothing, it's like water to my soul when um, someone will come up to me on a Sunday and I'm, you know, frantically chasing the kids or I'm, whatever is going on. And they even just touch my shoulder and are like, Hey, thank you for just the things that you do to enable Brian to do the things he's doing on a Sunday. And 
thank you for the prayers that you pray for the church and the staff. And, um, and so I, not even necessarily thank you. Cause that, that kind of sounds a little odd, but just, um, I see you, I see the sacrifices and, um, the, I mean, it's hard. Sundays are long days. Um, there's a lot of counseling stuff, you know, there's a lot of things that end up going on. And so just that, yeah, I see you, I guess. Mm-hmm. That's, totally. It, that's kind of, but just, there's something really sweet of like, okay, like I'm not, um, not invisible. That's a little too dramatic, but yeah, just to be seen, mm-hmm. I think. Totally. And I think because, especially when you're a mom, I think all moms can relate to this. Um, You just, you do a lot at home. And so it can seem like, oh, your husband's out there and everyone knows them or sees them or whatever it can be. And so, but, and I think sometimes the enemy can get in and like put these lies in our heads to break us apart or to not make us unified. Or I struggle a lot with comparing myself with Jeff and which sounds so terrible, but comparing our callings, comparing our giftings and, um, and you know, when you have kids and your husband travels or whatever, and for someone to just say like, thank you for being at home so that we could have your husband for the weekend, or thank you that you're doing like your prayers. That is a huge gifting to our church or a huge, like the Lord is using that just as much as, you know, your husband being on stage or whatever your husband does I think it just is like we're it just brings it back to what God wants of like we're a team and we're both needed and God's both using us even if right now my role is more hidden than totally his role and the truth is is the things that he has Jeff is doing and that Brian is doing would not be possible not in like a you know good job us but if we said no sorry like I'm not gonna do this I'm not gonna solo parent for this Sunday or I'm not going to let you travel or like, or it, it just wouldn't be possible or there would just be resentment. And so God has, it's his grace that has allowed us to joyfully say like, no, I, I get to do what I'm doing right now in this season to empower you and to get to actually like joyfully send you and not, mm-hmm. and I've had my moments of resentful, like I said, Same. I mean, there's been times mm-hmm. I'll text Brian on a Sunday morning and be like, I hate Sundays have fun on stage. (laughs) And I'm like, okay, like, that's just not okay. And that Mm -hmm. totally burdens him. And he's thinking, like, I mean, the pull of that is so exhausting for him. And really, it's just me wanting him to be like, I'm sorry. And that's not what I want. And so Mm -hmm. to get to joyfully um, send them and support them and um, be happy that we get to do what we do on the home front to to get to empower them to do what they do. but it's not always easy. <laughs> no. And I think any mom can relate to that if their husband works outside the home <clears throat> and we're at home. Yeah. And I think just that mentality, what you're talking about is changing it to like, oh, you're leaving us to, oh, I get to send you out. We're going to pray for you. Like, yeah, I think that totally changes everything. Okay. So mm-hmm. you have five kids and, um, yeah. which I love. So I would love for you to just share how you guys got to five, were you always planning five? And then um, what it looks like in the season of having five kids and what God's teaching you. And I just, I didn't get to say this at the beginning of the podcast, but Emily, I just really look up to you so much. And I know we're friends, but I feel like you're just a few steps ahead of me too. And so 
when I look on your Insta stories or I'm talking to you, I'm like, it's just so encouraging as a mom. Like, wow, she has so much joy being with her kids. You selflessly give so much to serve them, to pour into them, to give them really sweet experiences. And you, this last year you homeschooled. Um, and within all that, I feel like you just embody grace, like grace for yourself, grace for your kids. You're super vulnerable and authentic with your friends of like, this is actually really hard or I really need Jesus in this season. It's not like you say I have it all together. And I, but I think that's the beauty is that even though it's um, maybe more of a hard season because we're just, you're just giving yourself so much. You just are so relying on the Lord's grace and joy in it. And so I just love that. And I look up to that so much. And I think that's a message that we need to share in this day and age and moms. And I, I feel like, um, there's kind of a, a thing right now and I'm really wrestling through it of just confusion as a mom, like confusion that being a mom isn't enough or you, we should be doing more or, and I just struggle. I didn't even realize it, but struggling this last year of like, I'm not enough. I wake up in the day. I feel fearful. Like what if this happens or what if I get impatient with my kids or all these things? And, um, I'm really learning to step in to God's grace and like, he's fully equipped me. This is where he has me. And I want to have joy for today and in the unseen. Mm -hmm. I think that's huge. Um, in an era where a lot of things are seen, I think being called back to the beauty of the unseen and that that's a lot of what God, where God grows us and speaks Mm -hmm. to us. And like, um, so I would love for you just to share, that season with people because these are the boxes we've been sitting back and forth and I'm like this is gold this is so encouraging yeah oh man I've been so encouraged too thank you so man um let's see let's start with the quick part so five kids I had always said I wanted six kids I since I was like I don't know six years old five years old I've always told my mom I want lots and lots of babies um and so yes I've always wanted a lot Brian came from um he has half brother and sister, but they're like 15 years older. So basically okay. only child. Mm-hmm. So he meets me. And I'm like six kids. And he's kind of like, oh. <laughs> um, and we're wired so differently. Like I thrive on chaos and crazy and like, just bring them all over. And, um, and he is more of an introvert and like, does not do well with the craziness does amazing with like one-on-one and like intentionality and stuff like that. Right. But it's a, a harder thing for him. And so which has been really a good journey of like not thinking, why aren't you like me? But just realizing like we're actually wired differently, um, but hard to not compare and all that. Um, But yeah, so we, um, the pretty much the journey, we had four and thought maybe we were going to be done. And um, it was a hard, it was a hard, without going into a whole nother tangent, a hard season for us of um, just me not listening well to his desires and his preferences and um, of just him feeling really maxed out of being a pastor, of leading his family, of not doing well with a lot, plus all the church and the staff and the kids and, um, and me feeling like, but I just don't feel done. So there was a lot that went into that, um, that we are working through and have worked through by God's grace with counseling and people serving us and helping us 
And then God surprised us with a fifth. And that was totally unexpected, um, emotional in a lot of ways, feeling very overwhelmed and unprepared. And even though I would have still wanted more, um, it was, it felt like this is not the best thing right now for our family and for the health of our marriage. It felt very overwhelming. And, um, and again, we were really had to work through that and separating, which was really hard to like, okay, we didn't want an addition, but that doesn't mean we don't want this baby, like kind of right. having to really mm-hmm. differentiate that and, and trusting my husband in that of like, okay, I believe you when you're saying that you're not saying. And so anyways, a lot to work through. Um, and Arrow is our fifth and he has been the biggest gift to us that you can imagine. I mean, just, I can't even look at him half the time without just tearing up thinking, Oh my gosh, God, in your goodness, Arrow has brought us to the end of ourselves. Um, he is just a gift in his name. Arrow is just the, from the scripture of like children are like arrows in the hands of warriors. And just that visual of like, he has pointed us to the cross. We are sending him. God has, it's just been a beautiful picture. Um, so that's how we got to five. And we are just so thankful. Children are a gift. And I, I feel constantly like, God, I can't believe you trust me with all of these babies. Um, it's incredible. And I've never seen my sin more. Holy moly. Um, So, yeah, so so five kids. And then with, um, yeah, so homeschooling. So I, right when I got pregnant with Arrow, I had, we had not been planning that. And so I had been really ramping up um, doing leadership stuff within the church, leading women's ministry, getting more of a team put together, doing women's retreats, speaking with Brian. I did some seminary classes with Brian, just really feeling like, okay, I'm kind of moving on a little bit into a, I get to be more involved. And then I find out I'm pregnant and I'm so, 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 so sick. And um, it was one of those moments I immediately, both Brian and I knew I have to let go of all those responsibilities because I cannot do the things that I want to do at home with these kids and be fully present for me. And I'm not saying this about everybody, but for me, I knew I cannot do all of that well. I cannot be fully leading a thriving women's ministry and, um, and being fully home. And so it was through a lot of tears that I was like, okay, I got to, I have to let all that go. So really took everything off my plate completely. Um, and cried a lot and felt like all, like you were saying all those lies and all those comparisons and all of those fears of like, I'm going to be irrelevant now here I am. And these are the lies. These are not the truth, but here I am. All I do is I am home. I just nurse babies. I feed kids. I have nothing to offer. My husband is leading this thriving church, preaching, traveling, seminary, graduating, going to do his doctorate, just all these things like, and I am going to have nothing to offer. I don't even hardly have time to read. I can't even grow my knowledge of scripture or of other things. I feel so irrelevant to, I mean, just feeling like completely irrelevant and just uh, unseen and, um, for the first time feeling like a little worthless, like, do I have anything to offer? I really am struggling with, do I have anything to offer? And it's interesting because I have not been one. I've had fear of man and comparison stuff, but I had never struggled with um, identity, like true identity stuff of like, what I do doesn't matter. And do I have anything to offer? But I'm realizing it's because I always had some sort of title. And some sort of thing that I was offering, I guess. Um, 
until this season. And I'll never forget. I don't know if I told you this in one of the messages. I think I did, but man, it stuck with me. Um, after Arrow was born and just feeling like completely anonymous and unseen and wondering, will I ever be not just seen like for, for a, uh, in a pride way, but like, do I ever get to use the gifts I feel like have been put in me and the stirrings that have been put in me? And, but then almost scared of like, I don't even know how to use them anymore. Like, are they even there? Um, and I was sitting at coffee with a good friend of mine and she said, Emma, I was praying for you. And I had like this, this visual, she's like, it's going to sound so weird, but she said, I got this visual of a slingshot and it was this picture of God pulling you back further and further and further only so that then when it's his time, the release is that much more profound and in his time. And I just was like, (laughs) like just, it was such, it was, it was such good confirmation too, because I've been feeling that pull that when fighting against it is so painful, even not fighting against it is painful of like, really God, like another thing that I'm just feel like I'm being hidden and another thing I'm letting go and another thing I have to say no to. And, and then the comparison game of looking at other people, whether it be pastor's wives or business owners or podcast people or preachers that I'm like, they have kids and they're doing it. What, how come I can't, what is wrong with me? And really, those are the thoughts of like, what, what am I missing? Why can't I do this? And, and even the, okay, they're leaving, leading a thriving ministry and they're preaching and they're on, they're on Sundays holding their kid on stage and doing it all. And what is wrong with me? And then the, the, the icky, ickiness that comes when the comparison battle is, is it's not only that you then compare, but then you try to tear others down to make yourself feel better. Well, they must be really not good moms. Well, they must like their marriages probably aren't actually like that good. Or I'm sure there's something behind the scenes. Like there's just, it's so, it's a trap. It's just an ugly, ugly trap. Um, so the last season, kind of just, just the current has been trying to find rest in the anonymous and in that of like surrendering to the pullback of the the slingshot analogy. and man, it has never been harder because I feel like I'm really just letting so much go. But, um, oh, I just trust God. I just am in this place of like, God, you and your timing is so much better than I could facilitate. And I've seen it over and over in my life, in the big and the small, in the church plant, in the moves, in the babies, in baby number five, like his plan and his timing I would so rather surrender and fully like, okay, like this is painful and I'm here and trust in his timing and even getting to the point of like, and God, if that slingshot, if like where you shoot me is not glamorous and is not a stage or a microphone, like you're enough. Like, can I actually say like you are enough and being seen and known by you? And at the same time in that tension being like, I want to preach to thousands like I do. I want to preach to thousands because I want his name to be made great. And I want to lead worship and write music and travel with my kids and my husband. I I have those dreams. But when he becomes sweeter than those things, there's so much freedom in that. Um, Yeah. So that's kind of that's where I'm at right now. Um, And the comparison thing 
is such a struggle. And I have to constantly surrender that of looking at other people and thinking, because the truth is I could do more and you mm-hmm. could do more. Right. We're capable mm-hmm. women and we could do more. And there may be a season for that, but being obedient in the like, do I truly believe right now for me that I can homeschool my five, be a present wife, be faithful to the Lord in my home and do all those things? I just can't. And honestly, I'm at the point, I don't want to. I don't want to be stretched to those max. I want to give my husband and my kids my best. I want them to look back and say, mom gave me her best. And when they see me preaching, if that comes or leading worship, I'd love it if they said, what? Why didn't you do that when you were? And that my reasoning can be, I followed Jesus and he led me to you. And this is where, you know, so that's my current current reality. And it's crazy because I show up, you know, on Sundays and people are like, I didn't even know they hear like me talking to someone or I don't know, someone mentions like, oh, how come you don't sing? They're like, you sing? And, or I'll meet people on Sundays and they're like, how long have you been at the church? I'm like, oh, six (laughs) years. They have no idea who I am. And there's something that can sing for a second. And then I also am starting to find joy in it. I'm like, okay, God, it's, you see me, you know me. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. Do you feel like, um, I mean, you kind of talked about it, but do you feel like it was so clear that the Lord, so clear on what the Lord was calling you to this season? Like, okay, Lord, I know that you want me to say no to all these things. And this is exactly where you want me to be and what you want me to do. Or do you feel like it was kind of foggy and muddy of like, what am I supposed to be doing right now? What am, should I say yes to that? Should I say no to that? Do you know what I mean? Or was it just, I mean, I know you had the slingshot. Um, yep word from your friend, which I just love how the Lord speaks to us and our hearts and exactly what we need. And a lot of times that's through people around us. But do you know what I mean? Like, do you think it was just so clear and like, okay, this is an act of obedience or do it was like kind of like muddy and okay, what is best right now? Yeah, no, um, it was a, it was a journey. I feel like there were certain moments, um, where I, I started feeling like I had to say yes. And I did for a little while. I was like, well, I, can, I could do that. And I ended up always backing out, which felt worse of having to be like, I said yes, but I, I just can't do it because I would find I, I wouldn't be able to give it my all. And, and honestly, the kids get the worst of me in those moments. And so it probably took me a few months, especially with the women's ministry where I'm like, no, no, I can still be on that team. Like I can still speak into that. And then the meetings would come or things would, people would be emailing or calling. I'm just like, I, I'm drowning. I cannot do this. And so getting to the point of like, Lord, I think my answer right now is just no. And I'm going to trust and always seek him for that. But like, I'm going to trust that you're going to, you're going to reveal to me when it's a yes. But I was just kind of like in a no season of like pretty much whether, I mean, yeah. Oh, I think everything was a, was a no. Um, and, and then the fears of like, will they ever act again? And you know, all of that comes in. But, um, and even now, like, um, there's still things that will come up or, I mean, Brian, he's so sweet. He wants me. So he's so excited to get to do ministry together. Like we do it now, but like to get to preach together and to get to lead together and do counseling together and teach together and all of that. Um, and so I know he's just itching to get to do those things more and more. Um, but he's just been so patient of like, you can do anything and you can do nothing. And, and that is okay. Like we, he's so supportive. So I never feel that pressure, but he still will ask me for certain things like, okay, is it a yes? Is it a no? 
And sometimes even you asking is hard because then I have to say no. But then I'm like, but if you don't ask, I feel like you don't want me right. to know. Just <laughs> totally. That, that pull. Um, but I mean, I'm in the thick of it with homeschooling. And, and so I, I don't even know what it looks like when the yeses will come. Um, but even in like doing this with you, I'm like, okay, God, it, maybe you're going to be creative in the ways that I get to just share my heart in, and it's not going to be in the ways that I thought for this season. And so looking out for his little surprises too is kind of exciting. Mm-hmm. I love that. So in this season, what, in what ways are you getting encouraged or what things are you having to put off? So to help you not compare and put on to like really just have a clear vision and to stay, you know what I mean? I think it's so easy to look around and be like, oh, and get confused. And so like what things are you putting on, putting off and just really being encouraged by and like, okay, this is to have joy in this season, if that makes sense. Yeah, totally. Um, I love the scripture, Isaiah 26, three, you keep him in perfect peace whose mind is fixed on you because he trusts in you. And um, that has been like a, an anthem for me of like, I am fixing my eyes on Jesus. I have to, it's like essential and crucial. And when they are fixed on something else, it's just a disaster. It is ugly and bitterness and resentment and fear. And in a practical way, um, I think it just cr- creating boundaries. So social media boundaries of who I'm following and who I'm watching and being prayerful of like, is my heart in a good place right now to look at her page? Because in a good, healthy spot, that will be really encouraging. And I can like cheer you on and say like, that's awesome. And in a not healthy spot, it's the opposite. It's just comparison. What's wrong with me? Or like I said, the, well, there must be something wrong with them. So really being honest with myself about where I'm at, if I'm at a okay place to engage in the social media realm um, is a huge one. Um, I think being really aware of, of the motives of my heart. Um, the other few weeks ago, I was like, okay, I, I want to, maybe I'm going to send a message to our worship pastor and be like, I'm ready. And it was just one of those check my heart of like, what, what's the motive? Is it so that, cause I feel like I'm reeling, like people don't know me, people don't, or, or other people are getting on stage and I'm going to lose my spot or, and I just, I, I don't think that it was those things, but it was enough on my heart that I was like, I'm not ready. It's not, it's not the time. And, and the sacrifices I would need to make for my family, it just wasn't worth it. Um, so just being really honest with myself and speaking those things out to Brian of like, hey, I was going to text Zach and say, I'm ready to sing. These were the thoughts in my heart. I need you to pray for me and be aware that like, these are the battles that I'm going through when debating when to say yes or when to say no, or, you know, kind of dealing with um, those struggles. Um and I'm trying to say, I mean, scripture has been so essential of, of just, I love the verse. I think it's in James that talks about like, when you seek him for wisdom, he will give that to you. And uh, it is in James, but the difference between knowledge and wisdom has been something I've been really learning is like, we have all the facts, the knowledge of the situation. I have the knowledge of like, I've got these five kids. I've got to homeschool them. I'm not doing this. I can't say yes to this. I'm late to this. I'm overwhelmed. Um, I can't be enough for all of them, but God, you give the wisdom for those things. You give me the divine wisdom that I need for each one of these five children, for my husband, for this scenario, for how to still lead our staff 
Because the knowledge and the facts are, I just don't have the capacity. But God, you've given the wisdom, the divine wisdom on how I can be present in the areas you put me in, when to say yes. Um, so that's been really sweet, just asking God more for those like supernatural wisdom in, in areas um, and kind of tangent, but specifically in parenting with each one of my kids of like, all right, the facts are you <laughs> and you are hard and you're throwing a fit. And I don't know how to relate to you. And, mm-hmm. you know, those are the facts, yeah. like, truly, like, the, <laughs> but the wisdom from God saying, like, okay, if he's placed me here, he will fill in every gap that I am lacking, and then some, and overflowing, and he can give me wisdom that no book could give me, that no, like, that is straight from the source, and for this scenario, and this person, and this child, and so um, that's been my sense of joy in this season is really finding like god you give wisdom Mm -hmm. when i'm speaking it so good okay emily i feel like i could we could literally talk for two more hours (laughs) as you're talking i'm like oh i want to ask you this and i want to ask you this um but i know that we have to get going so i wanted to ask one more question and i don't even know how this is going to come out because i feel like this is so raw and what i'm just working through right now but do you think like I think being a mom sometimes, I don't even know how to ask it. Like it can just feel like not enough. And I'm like, is that, and I know we, and just like, how do you, like you have giftings, like you love to counsel and you love to sing on worship and preach. And we have each, God's given us each giftings. <laughs> um, but as a mom of young ones, sometimes it's just not realistic to like fully dive into those. And, um, so is it like, do you think we're being fed lies of it's not enough to be a mom, you need to do more? Um, and like really in this in a culture where it's like, find out what you're passionate about and what your calling is and go for it. How do you do that with kids? Is it like, do you think it is just this isn't my season right now? And um, I don't know how to ask it or like, is is our vision as moms need to be so much bigger? Like God has given us a calling that is um, so much more beautiful than what we're believing. Like being a mom is such a good thing. And I mean, we know it's a good thing, but like for me, I just, I've been thinking lately, like for since I was a little girl, I dreamed of being a mom. And so then like, mm-hmm. this is a dream come true too, as well as like when I get to do certain things on the side or Do you know what I'm asking? I just like, I feel like as moms in our culture, we just need to be fed the truth of like, because it is hard. It is hard to be a mom and disciple our kids. But like, this is the good and beautiful work that God, if you are a mom, that God has called you to. Do you know what I'm, do you know what I'm saying? (laughs) I do. I totally know what you're saying. Yeah, no. And I think when you were saying like, you know, if you have these dreams and should we be believing for more, I, um, it just came like to my mind the oh sorry um it came to mind the mary pondered these things in her heart she knew like she was carrying the son of god but there was a long waiting period where everyone else didn't know and she was just mom like and it made me think of that for us of how do we be faithful with the dreams maybe that are in our heart and i also want to say to who to you to whoever's listening but maybe you don't even have maybe like 
being a mom is your dream. Like that is amazing. And so hearing, even hearing me say, oh, you have dreams of being a worship leader. Well, I don't even have, that is okay. Like God has created us so uniquely different. And so freeing people from that for sure. Um, but if there are those ideas and of, you know, the things maybe in the future, what I have been challenged with is, God, how can I be faithful with those now to prepare if those come? So it doesn't mean I am writing books or I am um, traveling or I'm leading worship, but how do I be faithful? So for me, I wanted, here's an example. When I started homeschooling, I felt this unique, like God, I love people and I, I feel like God has gifted me maybe in a time to come, but just with the ability to share my heart with, with women, especially, I would love to be a resource for people who start with homeschooling, who are maybe like me, who think like, I'm so not equipped and I am not the personality type. So I felt this unique, um, calling, I guess, or a unique responsibility is a better word of like, rather than just being like, well, it's not my time. I'm not going to write a book and I'm not going to be speaking at any conferences. So maybe someday, but well, how do I be faithful? So I'm going to have a note on my phone, a very simple note that I'm going to jot down when God does little nuggets of truth or moments with my kids or homeschool kind of nuggets that I want to remember. That felt to me a simple way that I could be faithful because the truth is, is if I don't, I'll forget them all. I will. I'll just forget them. And in two years, if you come to me saying, all right, now I've got a first grader, what did you do in this? And I'm like, well, I think this is what I did, but you know, that's not wrong, but I think that we can be faithful with the little things now. And so I've got a note on my phone and then sometimes I'm like, okay, Lord, like if you ever want to do something with this, like I'm ready and I'm, I'm willing, but I'm not pursuing um, or sacrificing the things that I'm called to first, but it kind of feels like this little secret. Now it's not, (laughs) (laughs) but it feels like this little, like I'm not doing it for anyone, but if God decides to use it, so be it. And I'm, I'm excited and willing. Um, so yeah, I don't know if that is kind of like a, if that answers at all what you're saying. No, I think it does. And I think, yeah, I mean, it's just something I'm, we're both in the season of, you know, being moms and in the unseen and having a lot of joy with that. And, um, I just, I think it, and so I think it does answer of like being faithful And I think what God's telling me lately is this last week as I've been praying through it of like, instead of thinking like, God, what is your calling for this season? Or what am I supposed to be about? Just asking like, what do you want for me today? Like, you know, what are my responsibilities today? Who have you put in my, sorry, my morning voice is coming out. Um, Like, who am I with today? And I just want to be so faithful to that. So today I have a podcast. Today I'm with my kids and today I'm with are really good friends who are staying with us. So I want to be, I want to make sure that they feel loved and seen. And I want to have sweet, like intentional time with them. And I think for me, just breaking it down and like, God, instead of this huge thing that feels like, "Ah, I don't know, or like it feels too big for me, or I feel overwhelmed or just like Mm -hmm. the today and really, and I think that's, and it's just recent, but unlocking a, a joy in me of, and, and a, and unlocking like, God, you really do equip me for today. You do sustain me for today. Like I have all that I need for today and I'm going to rejoice yes. in today mm-hmm. um, because this is, 
you know, who you have for me. And I think that has been really sweet. Yep. And viewing your, your kids, like, I mean, when I look at them, I'm like, I am one person. They're five. They're five world changers. Like, and I, I get the responsibility. No one else gets it right now that, I mean, me and my husband for sure, but like I'm with them the most. No one else gets this responsibility to teach them and to train them to be world changers, big or small, but like to lead people to Jesus through the gospel and really viewing it that way is such, it's overwhelming and it's, it is a joy. And like looking at it as like, it's a job. It is a full time, full heart, full mind, full soul pour into, and you are giving them your best. And what a gift, Alyssa, like to pour into them and to see it as a joy. Like in so many circles, they are, children are not viewed that way. And they're viewed as a hindrance or as a burden or as a distraction. And to be able to be like, no, you're a priority. You're a joy. Like I get to pour my full self into you is such a gift. It's such a gift and so needed for people to, and moms to be reminded of that. We need to hear more about that, of what a joy that it is, even as hard as it is. And I think that's the kingdom, right? Like that's what God's called us to ultimately is to go and make disciples. And so if he's giving you children, that's like, that's the main thing, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay. And so if people are listening and they're like, oh my gosh, I live in Washington. I want to check out her church. Or if they're just like, oh, who is this Emily girl? How can they find you guys? Yeah, so we are Reach Church, and it is in Kirkland, Washington. It's on um, online. Um, you can always, I would love, I mean, any questions, I'm more than happy to answer email, or um, it's emily at reachchurch.cc, but I would love to answer any questions, or if you f- come on a Sunday, come find me, please. I would love, I'll be looking like a guy who's on train, probably, but... I would love to meet you. Yes, totally. We, and we love that church. I wish, sometimes I'm like, oh man, I wish we lived in Kirkland so we could attend there. But mm. it's awesome what you guys are doing. And um, Em, thanks so much for being on today. I know that your story and what you're going through, and I just am so thankful for your vulnerability. And I know so many moms and women are going to relate, um, whether they, you know, whatever season of life they're in. So thank you so much yeah. for being on. It was totally. such a joy. Oh my gosh. Thank you. It's such an honor. Love you so much. Love Thank you, you, girl. Thank you.